0: You're listening to the Homegrown Faith podcast. I'm Joe Clark, and I'm chatting with my fellow pastor and friend Richard Sweatman about God, the Bible, and life lived, growing our faith in Jesus. This podcast coming to you from Hunter Bible Church in Newcastle.
1: Hey there, Joe Clark. Great to be chatting again after a short break for holidays.
0: Yes, yes. Now you went somewhere exciting. You went to New Zealand. How was it?
1: Oh, it was very good. Yes, we uh, I saw some family. We um, yeah. Looked around Auckland and a few places. Not that we didn't do the big adventure holiday, but um, yeah. it was great to uh, to see my brother and, and also yeah visit Auckland EV Church. Shout out to those guys. If we have any listeners from uh, Auckland EV, um, that was uh, great to hear God's word preached and meet with God's family there over in up in Auckland. Oh, but I have brought back for you some New Zealand terms, Joe. Oh, oh
0: you we know do love this spending. activity. <laughs> so um, good.
1: What do you think? Uh, so I'll ask, I'll ask, use the Aussie term, and, and this is what I think New Zealand's call it. So, okay. what do you think New Zealanders call a bushwalker? Oh. They. Oh. Oh, I did not. In New Zealand, a bushwalker is a tramper. I saw a sign saying, Trampers, please do this or that. So. A tramper? Uh, a tramper, yep. Okay. Uh, what do they call?
0: Through the forest. Like tram- <laughs> do they call it a forest? They call it the bush
1: uh didn't didn't not sure about that one
0: yeah random okay
1: uh what do they call a stroller oh a pram no a push chair i heard someone say just pass me (laughs) your push chair
0: (laughs) that's funny it is is a chair that is pushed yeah that's a logical descriptor
1: nothing nothing wrong with that probably makes more sense than stroller to be honest yeah Um, well done
0: new zealand well done
1: (laughs) do do you know what woolworths are called over in new zealand
0: Oh, I do know, but I've forgotten. Oh, uh, Safeway or something?
1: No, they're called countdowns, but they still have the Woolworths W, which I think is a hilarious.
0: <laughs> that is so funny. They kept the W.
1: Yeah.
0: That doesn't make any sense.
1: <laughs> What's in New Zealand is called a, a laundry. Oh. You know, the, the laundry in your house.
0: Oh. Uh, oh, that's interesting. I don't know. What do they call it?
1: Uh, that's called a washroom. I even heard my brother say this, who's grown up in Aussie. He Whoa, said, no, just just, just go get the basket from the washroom. <laughs> I love it.
0: The washroom. My dad occasionally used that phrase, but I don't think it was for the laundry. I think it was.
1: I'll use the last three quickly. The the, uh, the other okay. ones, they, they call a, uh, a footpath or a track. That gets called a walkway in many cases in New Zealand. A walkway. So take the walkway around this way. Uh, a lookout on a mountain. Yeah, it's also called a viewpoint in in New Zealand. A viewpoint, yeah, That's great, nice. I don't Check know. out the viewpoint. Mm. And um, when Australians say when Australians say something like "really," as we say, give someone some interesting news you say "really," in New Zealand they say "true." So yes, we
0: I've heard that.
1: We were there, <laughs> there in a shop, and and the lady said, "I'm sorry, sir, we're all out of croissants." And he goes, "Oh, true."
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's like. I'm imagining from Hunt for the Wilder People, it's, you know, just a funny New Zealand accent, though. Can you do a yeah. New Zealand accent now that you've been
1: there? Oh, I, I wouldn't. I, it's hard to say. I just don't yeah. run <laughs> True. Yeah, <it's>, um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I was just sort of noting these down on my uh, my phone whenever I came across them. And I'm, we may well be corrected by, any, if any we have New Zealand listeners, I could be completely wrong about some of these, but. It was just wonderful to be in a very similar culture. It's almost like being in a different state of Australia in some ways and in the the similarities, but then it's just these wonderful kind of different words. But that's uh, my holiday story, Jo, uh, what have you been up to?
0: Well, I need to tell you about my washing machine escapades. They're not really escapades. In fact, that's a big overstatement, which you'll quickly be disappointed by. So basically um, two weeks ago, I very foolishly put a tissue through the wash. That was episode one. Yeah. And I was like, wow, my poor mother. Now I understand the frustration. I was like (laughs) rolling all of these clothes. I washed them multiple times. The tissue remnants was just everywhere. Definitely discouraged by that moment. And I thought, well, I need to check my pockets. Then the other day after quite a busy week, I was like, I can't find my sunglasses. That's really strong. They (laughs) are. And I went for a walk and I'd, Taken my um, garage remote with me for the yeah. my you know like mm. garage door. Yeah. Then came home, got busy, did a wash. Next minute, I opened my washing machine, and I'm pulling my clothes out. Out come my studies. I was like, "Wow, they lasted. They were totally fine." I was like, "This, yeah. this is why you, this is why you buy Australian mate." You know, I felt Mary's <laughs> virtuous. Then the next minute, I pull out my garage remote. I was like.
1: Oh,
0: my <laughs> But guess what I did? I did the rice trick. Yeah, I did the rice trick. Yeah. good 24 hours, garage remote working again. Oh, so, wonderful. <laughs> I was just one of those moments. So I was like, thank you, Lord. So whoever decided that when they found their wet item, they're going to put it in rice and then shared that brilliance with everyone because otherwise I would have just chucked out that remote and felt very dis- you know, disappointed because it's only you know, four months old or five months
1: old. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, oh,
0: so I have um, multiple mornings, waken up, <laughs> taken my remote, checked that it's still working, and put it back in. <laughs> it's, just, it's my backup remote. I rarely use yeah. it, but I was just like, I just need to still make sure it's still going. And it's going just fine. It went through a two-and-a-half-hour washing cycle. Wow.
1: Well, <laughs> that's very sturdy.
0: <laughs> it was the long wash.
1: <laughs> well, if you were uh, in our home, if um, if you leave a tissue in the laundry, in the wash, you uh, you, you're punished by being on laundry duty for a week. So that's all the hanging out, all the bringing back, all the folding up. And we've, have to, we've had to dispense that punishment, yeah, two or three times this year. So
0: that is excellent.
1: That has helped motivate our children to <laughs> empty their pockets. <laughs>
0: I would find that personally motivating. I feel very personally motivated because here's a side part. I had bought these. This is going to sound ridiculous. I had bought these decorative tassels to put on the garage remote because I couldn't find it one day and I was like, yeah. oh, I just need to put something on it so I can find it. So I put these tassels on it the day before and, of course, they didn't make it through the wall. <laughs> and I had this moment I was like, this is what happens when you buy frivolous things. <laughs> they, just get, they go in the bin soon after. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I definitely learnt my lesson there. I was like, if you want something precious, you've got to look after it.
1: <laughs> good uh, good learning there, Joe. Oh, gosh, um, these are simple pleasures in life. Now, what uh, what have you been reading in the Bible, Joe?
0: Well, I've just started the Psalms because oh, great! For a few years, you've been reading the, you read the Psalms every year, but I don't. And I thought I'm gonna do it, mm-hmm. so I'm up to Psalms three. I'm very fresh into it. I'm very, yep. I mean, I'm feeling excited. Um, and this little bit in Psalm three really jumped out to me. It's actually quite a sad moment. So, mm-hmm. um, as you know, David has fled from his son Absalom, and he's got, you know, he's crying out for deliverance from the Lord. But the thing that really interested me was verse five and six. I'll read it. Mm -hmm. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear though tens of thousands assail me on every side. And in the context of what's going on for him, the way he describes the Lord as his sustainer really stood out to me. Um Because there's there's he also says that God will be his deliverer later, which is kind of the salvation thing. Yeah. But the sustaining of he's sleeping and then he wakes again and that's that I think I think it's he's saying he still has life. Like God has preserved his life. Yeah, yeah. And he still has that because God has given it to him. Yeah. As the sustainer. And I I very rarely wake in the morning and think, Thank you God for my life. Um, I, you know, his, Obviously, his circumstances are causing him to feel fearful for his life. but Yeah, yeah. yeah it was just really a lovely part of God. Anyway, with God's character. I decided to look up sustaining in the New Testament because I wasn't mm. sure where it came up. Oh, good reason. Yeah, there's a little reference to it in Hebrews 1, verse 3. Mm. Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of heaven. And so I was interested by this idea that Jesus, the Son of God, sustains all things by his powerful word. And so we've yeah. got the, the Lord Yahweh in the psalm and in Hebrews, the, the Son, Jesus, both sustaining. And I was encouraged by that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, a simple, beautiful thing that, um, yeah, we depend on God in um, the, the just... The daily life, or existence, Mm. yeah,
0: Mm. Mm. and it's not—it's a totally familiar idea. But I just enjoyed the moment of, yeah, I like that idea. It was just that you know that um, basic comfort of reading the scriptures and being like, oh, yeah, that's good. I like that.
1: Yeah, well, that actually connects pretty well to what I was going to talk about, Joe, because I have been reading uh, the City of God by Augustine. Yes. Which is like you know eight hundred pages or something. So apologies to the listeners if I'm going to be referring to this in you've got. It's uh, <laughs> taking up a lot of my reading time, a lot of my holiday reading time. Um, but uh, he refers to Psalm three. Uh, he referred to Psalm three in the last chunk of reading that I that I read. Just oh, as you're mentioning it. Oh, um, Yeah. So I can't. Um, uh, I'm trying to find where I came at, up across that particular one. I was going to talk something else, but now I've changed my mind. Um, no, he's, uh, he talks about um, that Psalm, um, Psalm 3, I lie down and wake and sleep, and I wake again because the Lord's the same. But He actually reads that as a prophecy of the resurrection. What? Of our resurrection. Yeah, so um, I'm, I have to apologize. I haven't got the, the, the quote in front of me, but he's, he's, talk, he's talking about um, the hope of the resurrection. That sort of thing about a city of God by Augustine, it's just, like expansive. He talks about everything. It's huge. Um, but he goes, um, the hope of the resurrection was way back there in the Old Testament. I, I, Psalm 3 verse 5, I lie down and sleep, I wake again in because the Lord's the same. Uh, and and Augustine sees there, that is the, um, that's someone with a hope of resurrection.
0: So he's seeing the sleep as death.
1: He's seeing the sleep as death.
0: Whoa, I didn't even think of that.
1: No, I never thought of that as well. And I'm not hundred percent sure like if that's, uh, you know correct mm. understanding mm. but I think what I love is Augustine's eagerness and openness to seeing the truths of the gospel there in the whole Bible mm. that's mm. a big feature of his writing mm. and I mean it is kind of true isn't it like when when the time comes for us to die uh, whether we you know aware of it or not um, I lie down and sleep we ha- we do have that confidence it's like death is compared to sleep in the New Testament mm. in Noah that's right. um, particularly um, yeah. I lie down and sleep. I'll wake again. And so we, Christians can have that same confidence that as we lie down in the sleep of death, we will, will wake again. Mm. Not because of our own strength, but yeah, because the Lord sustains me uh, that Jesus Christ will take care of us and raise us up again. So mm. uh, wow. that, that caught my attention. Yeah, and yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting as well, because as you read something like that, I just think. What? What a great gift it is that God has caused that man to even consider that idea mm. and then ponder it, read the scriptures, think about it, about how it fits with the New Testament. Write it down. And it's been preserved for us so that you could, you know, thousands of years later, read it, mm. engage with it, and then we could be discussing it. Like, that is just a gift from God, isn't it? Cause, um,
1: yeah, you, I you kind of feel that sort of uh, connection across the... Uh... Yes, centuries. that's exactly right. Um, yeah. Which is one of the benefits of reading um, not just contemporary authors, but old authors as well, which we've uh, yes. yeah, we we'll talked about a bit as well. Yeah. Um,
0: so. And then even just the sovereignty of God, that's what I read today, that we did not prepare <laughs> that this was going to be coincidentally, like it's not. It's God's design that I would read that and you would have read that and <sighs> we could get this conversation. Boom. Well, <laughs> how about the sovereignty of God, hey?
1: That is very good. So. Um, <laughs> I will add that sounds good. I'm thrilled that you're reading the Psalms, Joe. I look forward to many conversations over the coming months. Um, yeah,
0: I've got a question. I've got a question. Yeah. So, yeah, for many like me, we hear the idea of a book of 800 words, <laughs> and we think, "What a tome!" Not for me. Um, any recommendations about how someone could just grab a little bit of Augustine or come yeah. at that book with, yeah. you know, have you got any suggestions for that?
1: Yeah, so, um, yeah, you don't, to read old God, authors, church fathers, you know, from the early centuries, um, Augustine's probably more accessible than others, not, not that I've read many others, but I did a bit more in college, uh, Augustine's book Confessions is pretty readable and pretty short, and that's quite, that's not unusual for, um, yeah, yeah. and uh, early re- re- Christians to read, um, Confessions, and, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if there's a collection of his writings of, of, because a lot of his writings are like letters or sermons. Mm. Um, and I haven't got a sort of ready-made copy for that, but, um, yeah, totally. Someone's uh, created an edited list. Yeah. They were brought together some highlights or something that would be pretty normal. And that's totally fine. Like you, you can get heaps out of, um, heaps out of, uh, the, the church fathers and others just from a a, a helpful editor collecting Mm. shorter things. So, that's uh, that would be a good place to start, but with yeah, with the city of God, I mean, a lot of it's just oof, I'm just along for the ride, washing past me. I can <laughs> barely remember what sections are about, but I'm enjoying just being in the presence of, uh, of a great Christian thinker. Yeah, oh, that's great. Well, on, you now we'll wrap up, but before we go, uh, we just want to encourage our listeners to, uh, in their small group, be be part of their small group this term. Um, you and I love small group ministry. Where we lead groups, we're part of groups. Uh, term this time of year, we're recording this in May. You know, this things starting to get colder, a bit, a bit of sickness. Can, you, we can get discouraged about coming along to group, um, mm. but we just love you as um, yeah, people who love the Bible and people who love Christian fellowship and learning and growing to um, yeah, make uh, make this term a great one for growth group.
0: I mm-hmm. uh, amen to that. Well, it's been good to talk. Uh, New Zealand phrases uh, the one that's going to stick with me is push chair that doesn't make so <laughs> much
1: sense to me try that uh, are, some of your mum friends yes.
0: I do spend a lot of time with women who have bramps, so I just <laughs> sling that out Thursday women's great um, talking about washing machine miracles and then uh, Psalm 3 and Augustine so good
1: yeah. yeah great conversation
0: I'll talk to you next week mate
1: talk to you next time bye bye, bye.